It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome again. Matt Hausman, your host for the Smart Money Questions Podcast and smartmoneyquestions.com. And just to go back over what I do here and why I'm doing it is I want to be able to take the situations and circumstances, questions, concerns, scenarios that are happening in our office, whether we are dealing with clients, whether we are uh, discussing things with prospective clients, but take the things that are happening here and be able to put it out there to hopefully enhance and encourage you to, you know, many times we want to make sure that we're looking at something or a situation or we have a question and we're looking at all angles. We're looking at it from all different perspectives to make sure that then we're making a good decision in whatever direction we are looking to go. And today what I want to talk about, this has been going on now, I I guess really Over the course of the last two, three months, I don't know if something has to do with over the holidays, but I'm noticing that the questions or the concerns that people have really are emotional in nature. That's the real, the basis of it is emotion. And it got me thinking about using emotions in our financial planning, our decision-making with our money is when is it good to go ahead and use those emotions, and when do we need to, you know, a lot of times I joke, when when do we need to think like Spock, be very logical in our financial planning decisions, what we're going to do with our money. And what I I just want to talk about that today, the different things I think where emotions can be good in other cases where we really want to make sure that we are cautious and we're not using our emotions to make certain decisions that in some cases we might not be able to recover from if we've done that. So before we jump into that, let's make sure we are getting the disclaimer done. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, If you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmatt.com. That's www.speakwithmatt.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation. So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmatt.com, www.speakwithmatt.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about the different emotions that we have, especially when we're dealing with money. And I can think of really about two or three that seems to constantly come up. And one of them is fear, fear of usually the unknown. Or I was talking with uh, Dan in our office the other day, we were talking about fear. And I was like, you know, I always remember years and years ago, 
someone telling me what fear is, false evidence appearing real. And, but fear can be a very big emotion. The other emotion we have is greed. You know, some of you, if you've been in the office, you hear me talk about one of the series I like to watch. It's on CNBC. It's called American Greed. And inevitably, that it's greed that ends up sending these people, in some cases, to their death, but many times just to the pen, <laughs> to the big house. So we want to look at that. The other thing is we also want to think about the emotions around our desires, our wants, our goals, our loyalty, our family, and how that comes into play in our financial decision-making or just our decision-making in general. I think that's important to look at. So let's kind of dive into each one of those. Let's talk about fear because fear, it seems to me, is something that is all around us all the time. The media, your smartphone, the TV, the radio, everywhere is fear. And we want to make sure that we're really cautious around allowing fear to really take hold of us. It reminds me of speaking with a client in the tail end of the fourth quarter, 2018. And if we all remember what was happening then, the market wasn't doing too well. We had almost went into a bear market for the year, and it ended up recovering on about the last four days of the year. But I was talking to her, and there, I could tell there was just an enormous amount of fear that was really with her and her husband around the monies that they had invested. And so one of the things that I always talk about is the purpose of money. All of our money doesn't have the same purpose, so we don't invest it all of the same way. And one of the things in particular to help deal with fear is part of our planning process is we look to have different buckets of money with different risk factors. So for instance, we have an emergency fund, a slush fund, and I always recommend that we want that money to be sitting in cash, liquid cash, whether it's a money market account, whether it's a savings account. You know, I have my money at Ally Bank that is my, uh, my emergency fund and my tax fund because we know Uncle Sam's going to want his money. <laughs> and we have that there. Then we have another bucket of money, maybe with some uh, instruments, some financial instruments that can protect against downside, still get a little bit of upside. You know, you can look at different CDs or indexed annuities or indexed CDs, different types of instruments where our money is still protected. Then we can usually have at least two, uh, if not more, buckets of money that are invested with different risk models. Let's say we have one bucket that ha is more of a balanced blend, so 50% stock, 50% uh, fixed income or bond structures. And then we can have another one maybe that is a little more long-term growth, maybe 75 to 85% in stocks and only 15 to 25% in bonds. And when I was discussing with her where her money was, that's one of the things we were talking about. Her fear was associated with only one bucket. And my question to her was, is something going on that I'm unaware of where we're going to need all of our money at one time? And there, and there wasn't. And so we talked through it, and she ended up not making any changes. Uh, obviously, with what's happened over the course of, what is it now, 15 months, 
is that was a good decision not to have pulled the trigger and went straight to cash. So we really want to look at fear and what is the way that you can, in your investment decision-making and where you're placing your money, what can you do and where can you place it where you're not going to allow the fear to take over and automatically make potentially poor financial knee-jerk reaction decisions that maybe you can't recover from. And so we really want to guard against fear. You know, I can remember speaking to my dad numerous, numerous times, and I just told him, Dad, you're listening to too much radio. So much fear. Oh, my gosh, the government's going, you know, the government's taking everything from us. Social Security's not going to be around. Medicare's not going to be around. That was, that's all out there, you know, and we want to just be very cautious with it. Okay, so I'm off that soapbox. Let's talk about greed. Greed is something else that we really want to look at and make sure that we're not falling prey to it. And so what what would greed be? Well, the market's doing real well. I'm going to take all of my money and put it in the market because it's a sure bet right now. I remember speaking to a gentleman, a couple down in our Newark, uh, Delaware office, and it was a time that the market was doing pretty well. And his comment to me was, I got this money sitting over here in cash. And I really just think that I want to invest it. I want to put it over here in essentially what would be his long-term growth bucket. And I said, well, let me ask you something. Why did you have that money sitting in cash to begin with? What is it there for? Well, it's my my slush fund. It's my emergency fund. And it was a good chunk of money. I mean, not going to lie. It was a good amount. And, and the, the question could be, well, is it too much? Well, that's going to be subject to what him and his wife want to have in that account. But it was a good sum. And I said, uh, so you're wanting to take all of that and put it over here in your stock portfolio. And he said, yeah, that's what I'm wanting to do. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Would you be doing the same thing in the fourth quarter of 2008? He kind of looked at me like I had three heads. And I said, well, let's analyze right now. That money has a specific purpose. Its purpose is an emergency fund. And you, in my opinion, because of greed, something you read, some newsletter you're a part of, you just think you're going to double, triple, quadruple your money. I'm going to take the money out of the purpose it was for and go over here because I'm not earning anything in the savings account right now. And then he, well, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I said, you know, if that money ends up getting you an extra two or three or 4%, is it really going to matter in the overall scheme of things? And he said, no. I said, but if you end up losing 50%, that's a big deal. He said, yeah, you're right. Well, needless to say, he left the money there. So greed right there is something we really want to analyze. Should that be part of our financial planning decision-making? Now, I think there's a healthy balance on both with greed and fear. We need, you know, we do need to have money that, you know, for uh, dealing with inflation, we need to have money in growth instruments, but we shouldn't have all of, this is my opinion, we shouldn't have all of our money there. So again, we want to be analyzing that when we're going through this decision-making process or when we're getting fearful or we're getting greedy based on where our money is and or you sat down and had dinner with somebody and they're talking about how their money is just skyrocketing, you know, and we want, we, almost we feel envious there. There's another emotion. I feel envious. Oh, I should have been listening to what, you know, Jim Cramer was saying over there on 
CNBC. You know, so really be cautious with that. I think another one that we want to look at is loyalty, family, and specifically when it comes to different things I've encountered over the course of the last you know decade is um, a loyalty to a family member that has passed or a gift was given uh, specifically with regards to, I worked at this company for 30 or 40 years and I own all this stock in that company. I have loyalty to that and I'm going to keep it there. Even though I'm understanding that the overall risk is probably more than what I should be taking on. Or the person has passed and that stock has then gone to an heir and the heir is like, oh, I couldn't do that. My dad worked at that company forever. He loved that company. And once again, we're letting that loyalty maybe make poor decisions as do we maintain keeping that position or not. I had someone in my office probably about five or six years ago and uh, had been at one company for a very, very long time and uh, had probably about 80% of his family's net worth in that company stock. In discussing it with him, I, I was able to show him, let, I mean, you are taking on an enormous amount of risk with all, I mean, if the company has a bad quarter, you know, or a bad year or gets bought out or buys somebody else out and the deal doesn't go as planned, you are subjecting a huge portion of your overall financial net worth on that loyalty, on that emotion of loyalty. So we really want to be looking at that and analyzing, are we being too loyal in a situation that maybe is not in our overall best interest? Another thing I like to talk about is with regards to emotions is going back to family and our desires and our goals and wanting to be around them is, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I just recently had a couple come on board with us. And there was a lot of moving pieces that happened. She ended up retiring, ended up relocating, selling one house, buying another house, going from one state to another state. And as we're going through the planning and scenario process, they made it abundantly clear that they, they had a big desire, a, an emotion, a loyalty to their heirs. And so in the planning process, we went through different scenarios that they could look at. First of all, let's see if it's even doable with what they want to do. Depending on the direction and the strategy you're going to use, you know, in, in their case, they ended up using life insurance with long-term care as a, if they don't ever need care, it's a great tax-free instrument to the heirs. If they do need care, it's asset protection against the other assets that they have. But I explained to them, you know, there's a cost associated to this. Let's look at this. You have to be okay with it. Now, we ran the numbers, and in their case, the numbers worked out, and it's doable for them. But I had to remind them, listen, you know, the life insurance company, they want your money. And if in 10 or 15 or 20 years, you forget to make that payment, they're going to take your money and run, and then there's no benefit. So we really want to look at is the emotion that you have here, the loyalty to family, the wanting to create an estate for your heirs. We want to look at the expense. 
we want to look at, is it doable? In other words, running the scenarios. So in our case, just to let you know what we did is I ran the scenarios as if we did it or if we didn't do it. Let's look at the back-end numbers. Let's look at what things look like in 30 years. And in, in that situation, it really wasn't a big difference in terms of the overall income distribution plan, what was left in the event there was a care event, there was going to be money there to protect the other assets that they have. So it ended up working out. But one of the other things, just like what I said, is you got to make those payments and you got to be happy about making those payments. (laughs) So again, when should emotions be part of the drive for our financial decision-making? And we can, and you guys can think of your own different emotions that you go through. And what is the best way to analyze the emotions that you have? Also be thinking like Spock, being very logical. I mean, let's get into the numbers. Let's look at risk. Let's look at, am I taking too much risk because I'm greedy? Am I not taking enough risk because I'm fearful? Trying to get all of those in balance with each other. And one of the ways I think that you do that is you can run multiple scenarios. For instance, just like what I talked about, run multiple scenarios where we are looking at, is this doable or not? Is this desire that I have, this where I'm going to place my money, is it going to be the right thing for me and what I'm wanting to accomplish? And then in addition to that, I think one of the things that we need to consider is what I'm thinking about desiring and the emotions around today you know, what, what's the one thing that's constant? It's change. I think about some clients I have. They've been on board with us, I guess, about 10 years now. And about two and a half years ago, two and a half, three years ago, they decided that they were going to go in a different direction than what we had initially planned with regards to housing. They decided that they did not want to deal with being a homeowner anymore and all the upkeep. And they decided to go in another direction. And so we came up with a plan to get there. But one of the things I really have to applaud them about is they came to me and they said, this is what we are thinking to do. We want you to then run the different situation scenarios that we're talking about because it was going to be an increase in expenses. And is it doable? Is our emotion of wanting to just get out of this house, is that overriding the fact that maybe it's not doable? Now, in their, in, in their particular case, it was. Uh, we made some, quite frankly, some minor adjustments, and they've been there now. As a matter of fact, uh, they were in the other day, I want to say two years now, and loving it. They said it's the best decision they've ever made. But again, going through the process of making sure that we're not allowing that emotion to uh, override us, Right. And then make a poor financial decision. Because I, I, I think of another uh, situation that happened about four years ago is I get a phone call from a client and they uh, essentially said, hey, listen, we need to take out this withdrawal. And it was a sizable withdrawal. And I was like, whoa, whoa, back up a second. What do you, what? And they were wanting to take it out of their IRA, which was going to create a massive tax hit. And I said, what's going on? Like, why are we, why are we taking this kind of money out? Both of them were still working. And uh, long story short, they had went and decided and had already signed a contract on buying a second home. And I was like, wow, I wish you guys would have came to me first about this. There's ways to get this done. The reality was that they, the money was there, but it was gonna, we needed to be strategic in doing it. The other thing was 
they didn't really understand the contract they signed. And so, you know, actually in their case, we had to get a real estate attorney involved. They ended up, that deal fell through and they were able to get their deposit back. Thank goodness. But, you know, many times we don't just want to go on a whim because the emotion is, oh, you know, they're, I don't know, they're on one of those timeshare things. And, oh, this looks so great. You know, and next thing you know, boom, they're signing a contract. So it's, I, I, I just thought, made me think of another one. I had another client that uh, called me up in, uh, just recently and had purchased a property. But the in- interesting thing about it was we had discussed it before. So they already had an understanding on, you know, what their limit was. And then they went and they purchased it. And now they're loving it. So again, we want to be careful with when to allow our emotions to come into our financial decision making. It's not that we can't use the emotions. We want to make sure that in addition to, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in goals and dreams and desires and writing that down and wanting to accomplish them. And that, I believe, is, is never stopping. It's going to always continue. But at the same time, when we're doing that, especially when it comes to now using our financial resources and making decisions based on those emotions that we have, we want to make sure that we still have the emotions, but we're also cautious and we're, again, we're looking at it like, like Spock does. So, well, listen, everyone, I wanted to jump on that. Um, I, I think it is very important that we are monitoring our emotions, especially fear. Fear seems to just, you know, people get fearful. And uh, I've seen many people make poor, poor decisions because of that fear. So really be cautious when you are feeling that fear. And clients, if that if you're feeling that way, please pick up the phone and call us, 610-719-3003. Because we are definitely here uh, to help you. So listen, that's all I've got today. Listen, if you have a question, scenario, or uh, just something that you want to go over, if you want to talk to me personally, you can go right to speakwithmatt.com. And my online calendar is there. You don't even have to talk to anyone. You can schedule a 15 or 30-minute conference call right there. If you would like for us to address the question or the scenario, situation, what have you, on uh, on the podcast, all you have to do is send us an email at info at smartmoneyquestions.com or simply go to smartmoneyquestions.com and you will see there is a form there for you. So listen, everyone, I hope this has been helpful and we will be talking to you soon. Everybody take care.